following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Welcome to the Tsunami Faithful Podcast for January 10th, 2015. I am your host this week, Jim Nelson, Mr. Tsunami Faithful Podcast. And with me today are... Head Samurai Darrell Maddox. And... Your usual host, Sketch. Yep, there's only three of us this week. And I have been uh, recruited to host this week because, well, we need to get back on track, as I'm sure you guys know. And somewhere we kick Paul outside and he's in the cold. <laughs> but then again, no one cares about Paul. <laughs> Bundle up, Paul. We want you to catch a pneumonia. <laughs> yeah. One of us is already sick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just got over something myself just this week. I blame you, Jim, for me being sick now. And oh, boy. It's going to be my turn soon. Apparently, I got Jen sick, too. But that's not why she's here. She's not he- with us today. Uh, she had some personal stuff she needed to take care of. So, yeah. Still love you, Jen. We miss you, though. Alki. Not like personal, personal stuff, but, you know, like errands to run. Exactly. <laughs> Hi, Squidward. You finished those errands yet? Aha! <laughs> So, without further ado, let us begin with the Akame Gakil episode recap, and it starts right now. And they got kill episode 18 kill the demon and welcome back people to another coming got kill recap and this time we have night ray entering the city of kairok and in kairok headquarters the path of peace you know you have this overzealous prime minister ordin yegas to protect boric and at the same time all of a sudden we have Esdef and company coming in, talking to the Prime Minister Peace, and of course, one of his little minions decide to touch uh, Lady Esdef, which she puts, give him an icy reception. <laughs> Gotta love Esboos. Stay away off my waifu, dude. Just She's don't do so it. cold, I'm surprised his hand didn't freeze on contact, like Admiral mm-hmm. Aokiji or something. Talk about the cold shoulder. <laughs> but Borg, you know, he simultaneously, you know, talks about his um, four personal bodyguards, which are the Kokenji, Rakasha, uh, hold on, let me see, Rakshasa demons. You know, they get to be on the offensive for once because they kind of specialize in taking out people with uh, Imperial arms. And they're pretty good at it. And, of course, we have a nice little faithful reunion with Kurumi runs into Wade and she's able to recover from her previous battle and I think Wade kind of did some feeling confessing there way to do it you country freaking bumpkin <laughs> and 
hey, Kurumi just wanted to be freaking useful, as always. And, of course, we have our boy Lubbock. You know, this was kind of like a Lubbock-heavy episode also because Lubbock actually showed off some skills. For once. Of course, exactly. <laughs> I mean, in a perverted way, of course, you know, thinking about an agenda before a freaking mission. <laughs> like, dude, get your mind out of the gutter. You cannot think about sex before the mission. That's a definite thing. Thinking about her naked, for goodness sake. <laughs> Well, technically, since she had her armor on, the armor arm, so she was kind of partially covered. But yeah, <laughs> he always suffers from notice me senpai syndrome when it comes to the chinta. <laughs> if that doesn't get him killed, nothing else will. Dude, you're sending out way too many death flags for yourself. Notice me, the chinta senpai. Step, <laughs> step, 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 step. But loving. Um, goes into the city intending to meet a spy and when he does of course he runs into Stein and Stan and Mez who are actually two of the demons of you know the little dojo from the imperial capital whatnot. what's Hihachi from Tekken doing in this series <laughs> I know man fight I was just like wow you know it, it was it was just a pleasure to see this fight right here because we actually got to see Lubbock used Crosstail in such a innovative way. He set up his barriers. He gave a Stein run for his money. They thought he was dead. But, you know, of course, Lubbock couldn't just see the girl die. And, you know, he decides to go save her because he just doesn't work the way. Way to be a man of honor. You know, even though you were thinking between your legs because the chick was cute. Captain <laughs> save a hoe. Anything less than an Imperial Arms battle kills people in um, Akameka Kill. I think we've, I think we have more than realized this at this point. We kind of have to, especially. Well, if you haven't, then you haven't been watching the show. There's only five weeks left. Yeah, you really have to notice that kind of stuff. But he does fight against these demons, and pretty well, you know. He he actually uses Crosstail and forms it into an axe where he actually lays into Stein and Stan. I'm sorry, Stan. I don't know why I call this guy Stein for some reason because he did look kind of like Frankenstein a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit. But he manages to use Crosstail to work his way into uh, Stan's heart, and he was like. You should have been, um, he told him that little line, you should have been toughening your guts, which he did the uh, Indiana Jones, Kalima, Kalima, <laughs> exploding heart. And, of course, he flirted with Mez as they were fighting. And eventually she took off whatever that was off her head and got super, super oily slick. Ew. <laughs> and again, we've all broken out into a flop sweat like that, haven't we? I don't know. I think that uh, Lovick just got her moist. <laughs> in more ways than what? <laughs> but of course, you know, by Lubbock being the master of misdirection and everything, when he threw those two daggers at her, um, he actually managed to pull them back and stabbed her in the back. And they were actually flirting during the fight because she was like, he, he so totally her type. And he was like, yeah, I would have definitely talked to you too. He was kind of upset about it. Yeah. What he, a, why'd she have to tell him that? Yeah. <laughs> Look at it, man. Seriously, I would have been like, let's just stop fighting. Let's just run off somewhere. Forget the rebellion. You know, I just want to be with you now if you got interest in me. But, you know, it wasn't going down like that. You know, it's some star-crossed Romeo 
and Julia type lovers type stuff. And of course, he finished the job, which is what I will, which is what I love about Lubbock. Despite catching feelings for these chicks, he finishes his mistress and kills them because he doesn't get fooled by a pretty face. And the last demon was fought by Akami, which is um guy named Ibarra. And she actually recognized him as being one of um one of the um older members from her um assassination squad and of course, you know, he tried to touch one cut killer, whatever, you know, Morosami. Bad idea. And it didn't resonate with him. And of course, it gave a comment the opening that she needed to kill him. And you know, she did some little freaky stuff, man, when she broke his neck and he was still talking, but it just ended up that way. And hey, when you become a yoga master like that, anything's possible. Yeah, move over <laughs> Dalzin. <laughs> but it was it was a pretty clean cut, as you can say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because she did cut him up into human sushi. And of course we had Tatsumi and Mine moment where they were just pretty much flirting with each other. Oh, that sexual tension between Tatsumi and Mine. You can cut uh, this sexual tension with Incursio's sword. sword. <laughs> yep. Cut the pumpkin with Incursio. <laughs> Might get a jack o' lantern out of that. <laughs> but the jack o' lantern's just gonna look like Bulat. <laughs> ah, with, with that sexy pompadour. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, of course, mine and Tazmi go through their little comedy routine, having ice cream before they get ready to start on their little part of the mission. And eventually they run into the founder of the Path of Peace while searching on the outskirts of town. And that pretty much is the a coming cure recap. <laughs> and he's all like, You two should just confess your feelings to each other. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, that was like a little John moment. What? That means that they like each other. Uh, she is cute, man, minus the boobs, but what can I say? Minus the boobs because there aren't any. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, she's hey, still small, cute. Hey, small boobies will have their day. In what world, my friend? In what world? Because they don't exist in Daryl's world at all. That's not even cereal, sir. <laughs> and I assume I was, you're super cereal. When it comes to boobs, I'm but super cereal. Don't ser- you know, in pretty much all cases, if an anime girl has a flat chest, it means she's got booty to spare. <laughs> well, I, I will give her that. She does have booty to spare. <laughs> even though she wears those big dresses to conceal it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't we don't know really what she's packing. Really, well, we saw her that one time in her underwear. Ah, uh, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Saw her in her underwear and the bikini, right? Yeah, so that happened too. Which so she does have picture. booty if she doesn't have anything else. Yeah, you know. She- uh, now we're done objectifying <clears throat> mine. <laughs> hey, I still like mine in her sundry ways. <laughs> she's just pretty boobies. amusing. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. What's she mean? A man who doesn't appreciate a woman's interest in shopping has poor character. What kind of bull is that? I don't know what it is, but that's I, a- I derive pleasure from shopping. I derive pleasure from shopping for very expensive single malt whiskeys. Yes, Biki Twelve. Biki Twelve. I found I some. Know. The Holy Grail. Do they have two of those? They have a second one. If I get uh-huh. a second, if I get that second one come payday, it's staying uh, corked for when you come up. 
Sweet. I was going to just ask, give you the money and just tell you to buy from me. I can't. You actually cannot uh, ship liquor in Massachusetts. It's illegal to do so. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Puritan Massachusetts strikes again. Damn Puritans. Wow. Yeah, huh. that's, that's why you should probably uh, drive up when you come up and then you can smuggle that liquor across state lines. <laughs> and we are currently discussing booze because we don't have much in the way of talkbacks, but here they are. Yeah, we do. You all should start drinking whiskey. We'll all have a, we'll have a, we'll have a, uh, we'll meet up like sirs at Momocon. This means yeah. you, Chris, you ain't shooting that whiskey this time like a freaking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the talkbacks. First one from Benjamin Padjohn. What I gather from tonight's Akamega Kill is everyone wants to get some action. I guess war is a great aphrodisiac. Oh, yeah, it is, dude. Hey, some people derive uh, ridiculous sexual pleasure from it. Look at Darrell. <laughs> war and <Yes>. alcohol. <laughs> hey, look at by, by the way, Benjamin, I like how you spell aphrodisiac like aphrodisiac. <laughs> hey, there you go. Afro Rock samurai. <laughs> He's a disiac. Wait, give me time on that. Yeah, that's that's with a PH, bro. <laughs> he probably didn't know, so he went with the uh, he went uh, phonetically. Afro. <laughs> this is my friend Diziac. He has an afro, and he sounds like Isaac Hayes, mixed with Marvin Gaye. Hmm. What's going on? <laughs> and our only other talkback comes from Inuyasha-san, eighty-seven. So, Purify is just slang for sex, am I right? Well, judging by history of Akamega case, Kill, not Akamega Kill, Kill a Kill, yes. Yes. Oh. <sighs> yeah, that was a pretty interesting purifying ritual because... Uh, Mommy for those yeah. of us who have seen the uh, uncut Kill a Kill, which I need to get more of that. They didn't have it on sale at the Right Stuff holiday sale. Uh, I know, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah this uh, Boric guy, he's uh, he's a scumbag. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, way to use religion just to get your way with women, huh? Because otherwise you wouldn't get it. <laughs> huh. Yes, I'll use this religion to not only get women, but all of the mad dollars. <laughs> Who needs the Powerball? <laughs> it's tax-free too, bitches. Yep, can't tax the church. Hey, you want to see how want to see how easy it is? Just uh, look at John Oliver, Our Lady of Perpetual Exemption. Oh, dang, Jim, that's cold blooded, bro, but so true. Hey, that's all you got to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're. Uh, I don't think a comic or kill is gonna win anybody over to religion. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no converse tonight. <laughs> Any converts today, sir? No, sir, no, not a sir. one. Nothing is working. Send in the nuns. Or would that be the Bible Black nuns? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. I'm sick and I'm still killing it. <laughs> That's bad, y'all. I'm actually sick, too, so. <laughs> and here I was just hosting history, just quoting History of the World Part 1, one of my favorite movies. And then all of a sudden, a Bible Black reference comes on in. <laughs> hey, it's for the world and Bible Black at the same time is golden, man. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Well, um, from what I saw, really quick, uh, what I saw about this episode, this was actually a uh, two-part 
uh, thing from the manga, and we're really starting to see that um, the anime caught up with the manga very, very quickly. Uh, and so now, apparently, we are on our last... That was our last uh, manga canon episode. Oh. Yeah. Which, I thought that happened earlier, even. Now, nah, from what I heard last night from a few people, that this was the last manga canon episode of Akamega Kills. So for those of you who want to know the rest of the story, you'd have to go and pick up the manga wherever it might be. I don't know if it's been localized. It has. It has? At okay. least some of it. Okay. Yeah, some I, of it. I think Yen Press is putting it out. Okay. Yen Press does good work. Yeah, they do. Which is why I love them for putting out uh, Mahoka. Yes, Mahoka. They actually, yeah, they've been going into light novels too. Maybe that's yeah, a topic that, we can yeah. mind somewhere down the line is talk about, uh, you know, light novels and their, uh, and stuff in the U.S. Okay, can we move it a little bit along now? Let's that's, do it. Let's do it because I have a feeling that that was probably going to go into another topic, but we have one today. Yes, we do. <laughs> not we a do. lot of news. That, not a lot of news this week, so we can move on to the next episode recap, which is for Parasite, because bad grammar is cool. Episode 11. I'm leaving this one to sketch. So here we go. Parasite episode recap. Parasite, episode 11, The Blue Bird. <clears throat> As so often seems to happen in this show, we open up with a man and a woman on a date. The woman seems to be clearly intoxicated. It seems to The be. woman... Yeah. <laughs> Dude, she was blitzed! Yeah, she was... She Wrecked. Was <laughs> she was pretty much not there anymore. <laughs> So this woman thinks, hey, it's a good idea to grab some hair to make sure that this guy's not a monster. Little does she Guess know what she, happens? Little does she know she grabbed nose hairs. It was Bobobo she was on a date with. <laughs> Ooh. How I wish. Yeah, they did look that way, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> so in her drunken stupor, she looks at the hairs twitching in her hand as they're decomposing and realizes, I have made a terrible mistake. That's a great and the man turns to her and says... Well, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah, but for who? I think that's <laughs> pretty much everybody at this point. I think that's like the ultimate buzzkill, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. So naturally, she gets dead. And apparently there's another parasite wandering around the area. And he tells that parasite that the hair gave him away. So they'll probably start looking into ways of getting around that. <clears throat> Kana is dreaming and she dreams that she's being chased by monsters when lo and behold Shinichi arrives on a white horse and he shows up looking a lot like Kinshiro Fist of the North Star <laughs> he saves her in the dream and they share a loving embrace and then she wakes up 
really bummed that it's just a dream. Hey, so she, she decides to the end to, of the dream. That's <laughs> uh, true. So she decides to, you know, try her luck with Shinichi again and tracks him down because she could do that. Stalker senses tingling. Yeah. <laughs> She's very determined to get closer to him, even though she already has an idea that Satomi and him are a thing. So she bumps into Shinichi, tries to take one of his hairs, and he stops her and is like, hey, don't do that. Nobody likes to be snuck up on. But he agrees to let her pull out one of his hairs and nothing happens. So she's a little confused by that, but kind of rolls with it. <clears throat> Later, she's talking to Satome and they have a conversation of whether or not Shinichi has changed and kind of says, well, I don't really know because I haven't known him very long, but I feel like he's kind of always had this inside of him. And Satomi's not really sure how to take that. <laughs> Meanwhile, a group of parasites led by Takashi Hirokawa is organizing themselves with unknown intentions. One of the parasites decides to stroll up to a Yakuza group house and wreck up the place and kill everybody as a test to see how well they handle being attacked by armed opponents. The answer is they got about three hits in <laughs> and died. Shinichi and Satomi go on a date during which Shinichi sees a mother and a child and is flooded with memories of the pain of losing his own mother. Shinichi thinks to himself about how Migi has influenced him and also how much he cares about Satomi. Kana goes looking for Shinichi and witnesses he and Satomi sharing a kiss. She later messages Shinichi to meet her, saying that she'll never ask for another favor again. Migi thinks this is not a good idea. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> when Shinichi arrives at her hometown, he is alerted that there are several parasites in the area, one of which seems to be running for mayor. They notice his presence as well, but before Shinichi can fully assess the situation, Kana arrives, further complicating the situation. Well, there's more than one parasite in politics. I mean, yeah. Don I mean, Donald Trump is quite the parasite, but <laughs> obligatory Donald Trump joke that nobody laughed at. Oh no, I got the joke, dude. <laughs> Trust me. What would happen if you pulled one of his hairs? Oh no! See, the whole thing would come off because it's a toupee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then it would writhe in pain and die on the ground. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, Kana's like, hey, you know, if I think I've run into the wrong person, I'll just pull out his hair. And he's just like, don't do that. <laughs> Are you stupid? Did you not see what happened in the earlier scene? <laughs> of course. Right. I got to check the script. <laughs> exactly. Yes. You know, I believe it was just a crossover this weekend, man. You know? <laughs> You had Heihachi from Tekken, and then you had Kenshiro from the Fist of the North Star. Yeah, seriously. Like, it's got to be an homage. I can't imagine it not being an homage. From one to another. <laughs> I mean, that look, man, I was like, God damn it, really? <laughs> but this was actually a really good episode of um, A Parasite. 
you know, Shinichi just continued to be more and more of a badass. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I like that he's starting to get his human emotions back, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, he's... yeah, he's... He's not going to be, you know, Tommy Testosterone testicles this entire uh, show, you know? Exactly. Yeah. It's not going to be like, uh, like a, uh, a Kami. I don't like sand. Of course, it gets everywhere. <laughs> I have sands in my pants. Yeah, something like that. So how about that Parasite guy just going up to a Yakuza group with a smile on his face and killing everybody you know he looked kind of like half from um a wreck of seven dude <laughs> he did <laughs> i also thought he looked like the the dodgeball guy from hunter hunter <laughs> i thought he looked like someone from haikyuu but uh yeah i mean he just went in there with a yeah. smile man and started just kicking everybody's ass man. <laughs> why didn't you wear something else eh, it's just gonna get dirty <laughs> 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 everything oh, by gets, that logic, why didn't you just show up naked? Everything gets. I wonder dirty if he did in the manga. That every, would be amazing. Everything gets <laughs> dirty when you're committing murder. Yeah. I mean, the Yakuza man, that that was just a slaughter right there. I mean, dude was better than friggin' Genji man in Black Lagoon. Yes, yeah, yeah, slicing totally everybody up. Pretty. I was like, now if that was Genji, I believe Genji would have had a shot though, because Genji would have took a head off, dude. Mm. Yeah, but these guys didn't have a chance. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, those were low-tier Yakuza, man. They really were. <laughs> then, what if I did stab him in the head? <laughs> They're like, why aren't you dead? Exactly. <laughs> I'd you say, gotta take the whole head off. I'd say just Don't shoot him, but this, uh, this show seems to really be realistic with how difficult guns are to get in Japan, you know? Yeah, but they did have swords, though. Better than nothing. They did. Yeah. Hey, right, look here, dude. I, I want at least a chance, man, to go down fighting. <laughs> hey, they got that chance. Yeah. And they failed miserably. <laughs> yeah, they did. Ah, <sighs> one time. Oh, that guy is in that group that's uh, over uh, at the speech that the one guy is, is giving to become mayor. So he's in that party. And, well... <laughs> He's the one who noticed that Shinichi and Migi are there. Bad stuff is probably going to happen. Pro-parasite agenda. Yeah, I don't know what parasites are, but I align with his party, so therefore his policies are valid. Exactly. (laughs) We'll have to see what happens next time. But first, here are the Toonami Talkbacks. This one from Gamer for Life One Two Three. Shinichi looks like a JoJo character here. Yeah, I could see that a little bit, but it's really more fisted than North Star. Yeah, <laughs> which of course JoJo took a lot of inspiration from. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Allison writes in: Even after a kiss, Murano still can't stop asking if he's Shinichi Izumi. <laughs> Good point, Allison. Mm. I mean, he was such ah. a spineless wimp before, but now he's actually doing stuff. Well, I don't decided, get it. He decided to be proactive instead of being a social media protester. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Terminal writes in, I hope this doesn't lead to Kana doing something incredibly dickish. She wanted dickish. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I mean, if if what you're referring to is like getting Shinichi to cheat, uh, she's gonna try. That's kind of for you. But I don't I don't know what else you might be talking about. So, <laughs> but I will say. Um, that girl doesn't seem to understand the kind of danger that she can get in. And that does not seem like a good thing in this situation. <clears throat> and our last talk back from Joshua Knighton. Ah, oh, puppy. Don't throw this one, she'll, don't throw this one away, Shinichi. <laughs> no, this one actually alive, so he wouldn't throw it away. Yeah, he wouldn't throw away a lot. <laughs> Puppy. Come on, he's not a monster most of the time. <laughs> Except for his right hand. Yeah. And other parts of his body. I, I don't know. That answer has gotten complicated. <laughs> yeah, he's part monster. Yeah. Definitely uh, more good stuff with Shinichi struggling with his humanity and Quite the love triangle heavy episode. Yes, it was. I mean, you could just see it just perforate everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But there can only be one victor. Two women in a one-man leave. Can't we just get beyond Thunderdome? (laughs) (laughs) I don't care if it doesn't work. I still have to make the Beyond Thunderdome reference. No, it worked. Fair enough. And that does it for our Parasite Recap. Does it for both of our talkbacks, and we're just jetting along here on this podcast. It's going to be pretty short a podcast this week. But so, it'll be good. Yep. So we got ourselves some miscellaneous talkbacks because, well, we have other shows on Tsunami, but there's no Michiko and Hachin anymore. Sad face. Oh. Yeah, but it ended. <laughs> it did. It did. At Khaki Blue Sox says, I can't be the only one that thinks the purple on Frieza's body is the exact same color as the Funimation logo. Yeah, Funimation uh, un- uh, unleashed a new, uh, rather bland-looking logo among the populace. <sighs> it was so cold and corporate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It doesn't have any personality. No, it doesn't. No. Despite having a smile. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Laughing man, maybe? But that's the cold kind of smile that's like, hey, 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 hey. You know? <laughs> cold, <laughs> cold robotic smile that's like, I don't trust you. Just doesn't, just doesn't feel right. It's, no. it's bland and it's... Uh, Dude, it's cold. It doesn't even have any personality to it. That's... It's like if I Nintendo mean, changed their logo completely into something completely fun uh, without fun, you know? Dude, it's what like it feels little- most to me was when recently Pepsi changed their logo. Yeah, it's it, from like that. It, you know, it 90s. went from like a iconic looking logo to generic. Mm-hmm. You would have a hard time knowing the difference between that and whatever your local store brand soda is. If it wasn't the, if it wasn't for the Pepsi globe there, you know? Yeah. 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 So I don't know. At JC Mono five says funny how Goku waited till Krillin was clear across the universe before saying how amateurish the destructo disc is. Well, you just don't want to hurt your boy feelings, man. Exactly. <laughs> JC Mono five double dips. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Wasn't Krillin still dead at that point? I think he was. <laughs> and Goku was dead wrong for saying that. JC Mono 5 double dips by saying, I forgot that episode of Shampoo where Faye drugs Spike. Hashtag great moments in hookup history. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Bebop reunion. <laughs> yeah, that that was iconic right there. First episode had a Bebop reunion too with uh, Jet. Yeah. Bo Billingsley. Bo Billingsley is the... It's the mayor, yeah. I guess. Yeah, Whoever the head honcho of that town cheese. is. Yeah, yeah I was actually able to give a couple of historical references with this one this time. The big cheese? Yeah. We're not to our gateway anime discussion yet. <laughs> <laughs> not quite yet. We still have some talkbacks left. Such mm-hmm. as this one from Gamer for Life 123. They can't use water style, but they are frogs? Yeah, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Diner. I don't know. Well, you know, maybe they're frogs from the desert, man. Maybe. <laughs> Think about it now. Not every frog actually lives in the freaking uh, swamp. Yeah. Well, I mean, France isn't completely landlocked like that, so. Ah! Thank you, Jim! <laughs> <laughs> you like it, bro, bro. You like it. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> At Blatch Zero says. This Trippio PFFR music video is probably the closest we'll ever get to a third season of Xavier, Renegade Angel. It's probably a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen that show? That show is bananas. Yeah, that name's, show. Uh, the name's uh, vaguely familiar, but I don't, but I don't know. What I'd have to look it up now. Life. <laughs> he was shows. like a friggin' surfer dude, hippie type, hillbilly friggin' angel with a friggin' snake for a hand and everything. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And it's really awful CG yeah. animation. Mm-hmm. It's very still framey, just not. It's so bad. It's what happened if the Sims would have friggin' meat breaking bad, smoking crack, and mm-hmm. then you walk into a, a poorly done Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre show that's, yeah. that's very zany. <laughs> Yeah, there's certainly an audience for it, but yeah, I'm sure I'll give it. A, I'm sure I'll be able to see it at some point. I'll look it up. And our final talk back once again from JC Mono Five hashtag Bloom Bloom Room. This is involving the uh, tsunami preflight. Since this sword in the stone place exists, the Tom Stall the Tom Saiga needs to come to life too. Yes, wouldn't that be interesting? Or Tom Caliber. Ah. <laughs> uh... Yeah, Tom Caliber works better. <laughs> yeah, I kind of favor European mythology when it comes to swords and stuff like that. Mm, no just Lady of the Lake, but... <laughs> what can we say, dude? Somebody's got to go to Avalon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sword place is really, really cool. Sarah they, uh, of the Lake, you know? <laughs> yeah. Ah, 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 ah. Nice. Nice. So that does it for all of our show recaps and talkbacks. And now, since it's a pretty slow news week, uh, we had to mine pretty hard for a topic. I mean, it's like trying to mine for bitcoins because we've been at this for so long. But uh, <laughs> our topic is going to be about uh, our gateway anime, stuff that we talked about. And uh, ideally, I'd like to focus on one person a week, have this in the hip pocket for when we have another slow week like this. But... Um, We'll see where this goes. 
So for some people, their gateway anime, um, especially guys, you know, our ages and stuff like that, it was Robotech and it was Star Blazers and Battle of the Planets, um, you know, heavily, well, not heavily Americanized, but definitely scrubbed of a lot of Japanese names and stuff. So um, as the elders oh, pretty heavily Americanized, <laughs> yeah, I guess we could say, say it was heavily Americanized. then. Yes, I guess I'm a liar then. But uh, as the elder statesman of our podcast, I'd like to start with Darrell uh, for some of his gateway anime, because he's been there for a lot of the uh, other stuff in a good way. I'm not saying, you know, he's an old fart. I'm saying that he's. Uh, <laughs> but he is an old fart. <laughs> I'm an old man that farts. <laughs> <laughs> and it can clear a room. Because Darrell certainly ain't stale. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why I mean collard greens, pizza, pizza. All I got that rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what Darrell does best. So, Darrell, uh, let us know about some of your gateway anime. Like when when I really think about the first things I actually saw, I would actually have to say the old school stuff would be like Astro Boy. And then, of course, Giganter and Speed Racer. But some of the things that I started to see later on was like um, Transar Z. Well, it's called Man- Mankaiser Z. Mazinger Z, yes. Yeah. I never have been able to pronounce that, and I'm still, you know, you know my voice kind of shot anyway a little bit. Yeah. But that was probably like what first started me on the giant robot kick, though, like the Tetsujin stuff. And then, of course... Mm. You know, I actually had a chance to watch um, Spaceship, Space Battleship Yamato or, you know, an American counterpart. It was called Star Blazers, you know, of course, you know, with stuff like leading on to like Captain Harlock. And, you know, Star Blazers was basically, you know, Meiji Matsumoto, you know, mm-hmm. that was his stuff, you know. Galaxy Express. <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess you could say that he, you consider him as well as, you know, Hayo. Miyazaki as the gods of anime because they did some great work there and Spaceship I mean Space Battleship Yamato was about like 77 episodes you know three seasons total because it was from 1979 to 1984 it was kind of you know just crazy like the stories and everything but the animation at that time you know being a little kid you know it was pretty cool to me and you know I actually you know actually enjoyed the stories for what they were worth and it was just something that was great for me to watch. And as I, you know, started to get a little bit older, you know, you know, I, you know, I won't go into the new school stuff. I kind of concede that to you guys, since you know you're just a little bit younger than me, anyway. But these were some <laughs> of the things that actually got me into it. But you know, of course, you know, I, I'm a pitch out there. You know, also Robotech. You know, that was my first mech. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> so that's really what got me into the make, but you know, Spaceship Yamato was just one of those. I feel like it was a timeless classic for me because I, at that time I was really absorbed in Leiji Masamoto's work. You know, he did a lot of great stuff that I just enjoyed, and you know, space operas was just like one of my thing because what kid didn't want to be an astronaut back in the eighties and the nineties at one point. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all I can really say about it, you know, without going into greater detail and boring everybody. But that was pretty much my gateway into it, though. Mm-hmm. Quite a variety of shows. Yeah, it's a whole lot of stuff. Yeah, but, you know, as y'all know, I ain't one-dimensional, you know. Oh, no. 
Just when people think they got me figured out, you know, I always surprise them with something new. <laughs> Damn Capricorns. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess the uh, another question beyond that is like, what was it about uh, you about the stuff that you watched that made you want more uh, anime? I guess you could It'll- say. It was the stories and, you know, just the camaraderie, like, you know, people, human sacrifice. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. You know, (laughs) it's the point that the human spirit was actually shown in these, in these different anime. And, you know, when you look at Battleship Yamato, and then I, like I said, you know, Space Pirate Captain Harlock and then Galaxy Express 99, it was just so much of a story there that I enjoyed that, you know, I was like, I wanted to know more about anime at the, you know, when I got older, because at that time, you know, being a cat, you know, being a child and everything, we didn't know that this was anime. You know, we just saw it as a cartoon. With and, you much know, different, with very different uh, character it, designs. Yeah, character design, you know, the character design was totally different from what you would see with standard, you know, American animation, which is sometimes be like, the characters would be a little bit goofy, you know, everything, but what I saw with some of the guys, like with, um, and like in a lot of the Jap- earlier Japanese animation, there were a lot more serious stories. That's that's just one of the things that stuck out for me. You know, yeah, G.I. Joe was serious at times, but Battleship Yamato just really unlocked my freaking imagination more so than those shows actually did. And, you know, not taking away from Western animation because I had a lot of influence with Western animation as well, but... <clears throat> this 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 was just stuff that really stuck out to me but like I said it was that art style and you know I was starting to learn a little bit more about the Japanese culture as well nice this little gateway into Japanese culture <laughs> yeah of course after that granny got me a lot of books but <laughs> yeah. but you know reading but it, the, <laughs> you heard it here fo- first folks anime encourages reading and cultural awareness <laughs> it really did I mean you know, my grandma was watching this stuff and, you know, she got she got me books and mom took me to the library. But it was just the point that I was starting to learn more about, you know, other things other than just my own culture and not being so one dimensional. Because I would say probably during my time of growing where I was, it was just, you know, either you was with this, you know, you know, the hip hop coach and everything, you know, you know, just to be honest, not, you know, throwing in a race car, but, you know. A young black kid like me wasn't supposed to be watching some of this stuff or being into this stuff like that, you know. I was supposed to be into the hip-hop, the rap, and, you know, the Western animation. But, you know, damn that, you know, I'm going to be me, even though I hid it for a long time. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. never stopped me from enjoying something that, you know, something on this level. Because I believe if I didn't watch this stuff, I would probably be a one-dimensional person in the way of what I like them watching, and, you know, close-minded to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. That's actually uh, that's actually kind of powerful with how anime, the transformative power of anime. Even <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess that moves on to sketch. Sketch. What were some of your gateway anime? Well. <clears throat> <laughs> Boy, it's uh, it's hard to follow that up. I'm sorry, Sketch. <laughs> Much less with the show that I was planning on talking about. <laughs> so, I didn't get to see a lot of those shows in syndication like Voltron, Robotech, 
uh, Gigantor, Speed Racer, Astro Boy, you know, in some markets they played in syndication. They probably played in my market, but I didn't get to see a lot of those until many years later. But in 1993, around the time I was getting into Power Rangers, there was a syndicated uh, strip of shows on weekdays that Saban did. And among those shows was Samurai Pizza Cats. <laughs> ah, classic. Which I was drawn to because for a long time I've liked Ninja Turtles and, you know, fighting with weapons and such. And so obviously you got weapons, you got pizza. What what what's not for me to like about this? <laughs> and they took cracks at Ninja Turtles in the theme song, and that was always amusing. <laughs> <laughs> so you have these these three cats. Man, it's actually been a long time since I've seen an episode, but you have these three cats that have battle armor that they put on, and I believe they even have a like a giant robot. And they work at a pizza delivery place. They they do pizza delivery as their like their job, but they also protect the city. And there's a very corrupt uh, head honcho of the area who's referred to as the big cheese. <laughs> and he's got some nasty ninja crows. <laughs> and, you know, it's fairly episodic, silly show that I believe at the time I didn't realize was necessarily Japanese, but I certainly enjoyed waking up and watching it every day. Great, great theme song. It's what I've heard of this show is they had this brand, the Tatsunoko brand, like the people that made uh, Gachaman mm-hmm. and Kashern, actually. <laughs> and all those other characters that you can see by playing uh, Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Uh, this, uh, this brand, they wanted to bring it over because it seemed like a marketable brand. But they didn't really have scripts, so they just threw that out and just wrote from what the visuals cued them. So it it's really not even close to the Japanese version. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I was thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's a, it's a fun show. And you can watch all the episodes on Crunchyroll right now. And I believe, uh, I will, wasn't it getting a release from Discotech? It did get a release from Discotech. Both the Samurai Pizza Cats and the original Japanese series, which I am not going to butcher pronouncing. <laughs> Something about cats. <laughs> But here's the thing. The name in Japanese has ninja in the like ninja in the title. So it's not they're not samurai. But it also <laughs> supposed to be ninja pizza cats. It doesn't roll off the tongue the same way though. I uh, no, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, that's true. And these are the days of superhuman samurai cyber squad. Oh dude, I still got my Drago, man. <laughs> I actually got the Drago. I threw the other ones away, but I actually still have Drago. I like Dragons. That was a show. Whoa! <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so that was around the time that uh, Dragon Ball Z was in syndication as well, and uh, Sailor Moon. So I caught a little bit of those shows in syndication, but I didn't really see them until they were on Toonami. Mm-hmm. But the show that I did watch in syndication, which 
I already knew was Japanese because I was familiar with the video game. And I think you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> was that on Sega Genesis or was that on the NES? Huh. I'm talking about Pokemon. Oh, Pokemans. Okay. <laughs> yes, yes. I was big into the Pokemons in the late 90s. I followed the release of it because Nintendo Power made a big deal about Pokemon. They had uh, a comic running and why not? with a strategy guide built in there. And the comic was it was really um, episodes of the show in comic form. Mm-hmm. And then they rolled out the cartoon, which oddly enough, they started on some random episode before going back to the beginning. Yeah. And I... I never hardly missed an episode of Pokemon. One time I missed an episode of Pokemon and I was just devastated. Mm-hmm. Like it, it made me very upset. Oh, poor sketch. Yeah, poor I know. Young, poor young sketch. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's a great, great show. <laughs> fun, fun adventures, monsters, all of that. And and then of course, Digimon came along. Not not very long after. And I, I got into Digimon as well. And then about then, I finally got Cartoon Network and was able to watch Tsunami and was introduced to DBC, Sailor Moon. But the show, that all, all these times I knew that some of these shows were Japanese, but the show that I knew was Japanese and really got me into Japanese animation from a storytelling perspective, because up to that point, I hadn't really seen anything meaty. So my real gateway to Japanese animation was Gundam Wing. Yeah. Because at the time, there was nothing I had seen that was like Gundam Wing. Like, you, you didn't know who the good guys and the bad guys were. And that was an intriguing concept to me, because mm-hmm. regrettably, even though shows like Gargoyles existed... I didn't see very much of them back when I was a kid. And shame on me for not doing that. Mm-hmm. I was just too busy with damn Ninja Turtles. And, well, Heroes they never really show. delved into uh, any meaty topics with that show. Yeah. <laughs> but Gundam Wing was just astonishing to me at the time. At these really cool animation fantastic looking giant robots and an intriguing story that you weren't entirely sure which way it was going to go for uh, pretty much the entire time because they kept changing things up on you. And in retrospect, it's not the best show, (laughs) but at the time we didn't have anything to compare it to. (laughs) Exactly. It was marvelous entertainment. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And that's that was really the first show that was like, maybe I'll check out more of these Japanese cartoons. Because up to that point, it was like, I like Dragon Ball Z. I like Pokemon. I liked Samurai Pizza Cats while it was running. At that point, it was already off the air. But I, it was really Gundam Wing... And Toonami in general that got me thinking, maybe I'll look into more of these Japanese cartoons. Maybe there's more kind of like this and I can expand the kinds of shows that I am watching. Hmm. And I've never gone back. (laughs) (laughs) 
And now I'm watching like 50 shows on Crunchyroll a year. <laughs> Maybe not quite that much, but pretty close. Feels that way. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. No, no, I'm for sure I've watched 40, 40 anime that premiered this year. <laughs> well, not this year, but last year. Yeah, so uh, I have a problem, and <laughs> well, I blame you. You got one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, but way, way before Toonami, back in 1993, it was Samurai Pizza Cats was, was really the first anime that I watched regularly. And it's good fun. You know, check it out on Crunchyroll if you're interested. And what got you into anime, Jim? Well, there was, uh, there was a lot of stuff that I ended up watching because there were a lot of cartoons that I watched. Uh, most of them, you know, after long after my parents told me to shut that TV off. Um, <laughs> oh, let me see. Well, the first ones that I can remember watching, um, Robotech was something that I really got into uh, when it came uh, when uh, it was on Toonami back in the day. Uh, my first uh, exposure to uh, Toonami in general was when it was over my grandma's house one day, and we watched Toonami on Saturday on a Saturday with uh, with my cousins from uh, Michigan, and uh, little did I know that uh, I popped into Voltron at a good time because they had a, it was like the second episode it was the first episode where they had the well maybe not the second episode but it was the first episode where they had the lions and they didn't have the fifth key to activate the black lion to form Voltron but um, <laughs> it was still you know really cool and it got me hungering for more giant mechs and stuff because for me Voltron was a surrogate Power Rangers, I wanted to watch Power Rangers but my folks said it was too violent like a lot of other things you know, so unfortunately, I missed out on uh, Power Rangers, but I didn't miss out on Voltron because that was a good sh that was a you know, ended up being a uh, show that uh, became very near and dear to my heart as kind of that Power Rangers surrogate. <clears throat> um, but really, the stuff that put it over the top was stuff like uh, Pokemon, like Gundam Wing, like Outlaw Star. And uh, other stuff like that. And I loved uh, Gundam Wing. I liked it. It was so good. My dad actually got into it. Um, yeah, I liked it because it was uh, it was had a ton of action. Uh, it was intensely political uh, and it had a story that it wanted to that uh, it to me, it told very well. I thought it was a and now since I've seen stuff like uh you know, turn a Gundam and stuff like that. You're right, Sketch. It is not the best Gundam, but at the time we had nothing else to compare it to. And, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, the thing is, the only downside to that was that I became a bit of a Gundam Wing snob. I mean, uh, I didn't watch, <laughs> I didn't watch G Gundam. <laughs> I didn't watch G Gundam. Uh, I was not at first anyway. Now G Gundam is one of my favorites because of its sheer ham factor. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like how melodramatic um, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam got, uh, but I'm rectifying that. But yeah, I was a bit of a Gundam Wing snob uh, for a while. Mm. But um, there was, but it was that stuff that allowed me to that uh, made me go and grab more stuff, uh, grab uh, you know more anime, uh, experiment a lot more. But the but um, 
the one show that had an influence on me more than anything else was uh, was uh, Evangelion, because that was the first series that I watched on my own time, front to back, um, from episode one to episode twenty six. Um, Congratulations! Yep. <laughs> and then uh, uh, I got the DVD at a, the uh, end of Evangelion at a local comic book store. Uh, this is when you could still find the end of Evangelion on DVD. And uh, it was because of that that I started searching for more and more and more anime. And um, mm-hmm. I, and I uh, went nuts over Evangelion. I, I read about it. I uh, kind of stumbled upon it. I read about its, um, you know, its, uh, its influence on uh, animation in general. Not just anime, but like uh, everything, but just about everything uh, animated everything makes uh, everything has paid homage to Evangelion at least once, whether they knew it or not, and um, it allowed me to, and uh, it made me think about. It turned me into a thinking anime fan. Like a lot of stuff that I watched was on a far deeper level than anything. I started, you know, looking at themes. I started looking at. Um, you know, you know, stuff. Uh, I started thinking about the characters, what drives these characters, and this and that, and everything else. Uh, the giant mech battles definitely helped, but uh, it was a very, it was the anime that turned me into an anime fan. And ever since then, um, I've had a, uh, I've gotten a humongous anime collection. Uh, it was bigger, not so, uh, not so much now, but um, the Evangelion Perfect Collection on DVD is still the centerpiece of my entire uh, anime collection. Mm. No, no, it's like I said, man, it's just the human spirit, you know, mm. and the stories. Oh yeah. It, that's, and that's what made me go for it. And, um, you know, it's why I still like anime. It's the length and breadth of uh, stories. Uh, you know, anime is kind of marginalized in the Japanese community. People who like it are seen as, um, seen as you know are you know the current people here that you know don't watch they get ridiculed for watching cartoons and stuff like that you know um regular like i'm talking you know domestic cartoons for us but um for us it's something incredibly different and something fantastic it's a you know fantastic and like i said it's a gateway to another culture uh for a lot of us i don't think we would have known anywhere near as much about japan and japanese culture and it wouldn't have um, you know, it wouldn't have influenced us to look uh, at anime or look at uh, Japan in a different light instead of those people that we bombed in World War II, you know? Yeah. So we, it allows us to, uh, I think it's a, it's a great social, um, it's a great social thing that helps us understand uh, cultures better. And from mm. there, I actually, from there, you know, I actually learned kendo under a Japanese uh, sensei. Uh, I started watching uh, Japanese baseball after that. And, baseball! Yeah. Yep. Yep. My uh, name is, uh, yep. My uh, PSN screen name is from the Yokohama Bay Stars. Um, now the Yokohama Dina Bay Stars, but because they have a different owner now. They used to be owned by the Tokyo Broadcasting System. Not anymore. But, um, See that that's what I'm talking about. I know that I know this stuff. I know, um, you know, 
like you know conversations in Japanese. So the Braves aren't the only baseball team that's owned by a TBS. <laughs> formerly, <laughs> well, formerly anyway. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a fantastic uh, social experiment, and um, well, not social experiment. It's just a social. Um, thing that just makes me um that just makes me glad and i feel i'm a better person for having watched Mm. anime and by extension for having watched um evangelion to allow me to create this culture that created a sense of cultural empathy within me Hmm. i mean the whole thing is we have all taken lessons from anime and to be honest with you, I've actually learned better life lessons from anime at times than I have from certain human beings that I have to deal with on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are people... You learn something every day. I am of the um, school of thought that believes you never, ever stop learning. Like, from the, day, from the second you're born until you draw your final breath, you never stop learning stuff. No, you don't. And so... Um, uh, I think That's that the... I think that anime has taught us as a culture uh, for those of us that like it. I think it's taught us a heck of a lot, and I know we're probably romanticizing mm-hmm. a bit, but it makes us. But I think that's what makes yeah. us such <laughs> good people, you know. That's the whole thing about anime. Like most people, like people like me, you, and Jim Sketch, you know, we're observing about a lot of things because. When I really started to develop as an anime fan, I started to see like, wow, man, they're they're talking about religion, colonialism. They're talking about politics in such a way that, you know, the basic anime fan wouldn't catch up on that. But it takes somebody who's on a different level who actually has an understanding of what's actually going on in the world. Not saying that people are blind to it, but people who are a bit more perceptive. They take mm-hmm. a, they take more notice to what's actually going on because I've seen so much anime and how it's like political or how it like pokes fun at religion. Trust me, Trinity Blood. <laughs> yeah. You you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of stuff. I was like, I was like, if you really pay attention to it, you can see it. I mean, even Gun the Wing tells you like, you know, the you know the you know the well the consequences of war, but at the same time, you got two sides to each story. And on both sides, you have heroes and villains. And both sides believe that they're both right. So the question is, within that individual, who is right and who's wrong? But the thing is, the way they spin a story sometimes, it'll have you thinking like, well, I sympathize with this group. But then all of a sudden, you start seeing this reasoning from the other side that you didn't like. And all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, like, well, damn, maybe they might actually be in the right. So mm-hmm. of course, anime, depending on what you're watching, the more serious stuff, it will actually make you think for yourself. Mm-hmm. It will. There's there's really something to be said about how anime can convey the human experience mm-hmm. in ways that other cartoons do not. That's, exactly. I mean, it, of course, it's you know, just like- it's all in there. I mean, you like the slapstick stuff. You know, you like to laugh. You like to, you know, you want to have that moment where you can escape reality. But, I mean, when you look at stuff from um, Poppy Hill, when Marty was here, uh, definitely um, Graves of the Fireflies. If you don't cry, you have no soul. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, see you again. Oh, Graves of the Fireflies. Yeah, I know. I, I it, it, It's just that, that kind of emotion and that, you know, pulling from, like I said, the human experience, you know. That's the stuff that I'm talking about right there. That 
that's kind of what brings it out into you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not judging any anime fan because you have a right to watch whatever you like. But I'm just saying, you know, we don't always have to be basic. But I was like, if you're paying a little bit more attention to it, you can actually find some wisdom in it. Mm-hmm. There's a story to be told. Definitely. Well, I think that is uh, quite the uh, quite a topic discussion we have had. It allows us, you know, it allows us to examine ourselves as human beings almost. Yeah, nice closer. <laughs> Excellent closer. On that on that note, I think we should get out of here. So, sketch. Where can they find you first? You can find me on Twitter at sketch nineteen eighty four. You can find me on Tumblr sketch nineteen eighty four. .tumblr.com. I uh, bring that up in particular because I recently posted something on Tumblr. Is uh, I call it Toonami Shows in a Nutshell, but really it should be described as Sketch Poorly Describes the Shows that Have Aired on Toonami. Oh, so uh, Drunk Toonami History. I gotcha. Sweet. Yes. Yeah, pr- pretty close to that. Yeah. And uh, it is easily. Th- the most popular Tumblr post I have ever made. I guess it's just the right thing for Tumblr. <laughs> it seems because uh, people people seem to like it. Cats so you give that a look. See, it's. I think you'll be amused, if not infuriated. <laughs> but if you're more amused than infuriated, then I succeeded. <laughs> I am infuriated, saw. Cats, anime, and snark are the ways to go. That's how you get hits on Tumblr. Yeah. Also, Steven Universe, anything. Oh, yeah, anything Steven Universe. That's Tumblr's <laughs> darling right now. It sure is. <laughs> and well-deserved. That's it's a good a, show. Hey, it's a good show. I don't understand people that shit on it. It's pretty good. I haven't seen too much of it, but I like it. But this <laughs> isn't the Steven Universe podcast. There's probably about 100 of those poorly produced. This is the 2015 oh, podcast. Oh, fired. <laughs> so, yeah. To- so again, my my uh, Tumblr is sketch1984.tumblr.com, and you can also ask me questions on ask.fm backslash sketch1984. And if you have any comments or suggestions for the podcast, you can direct those to either of the emails, sketch at tunamifaithful.com or podcast at tunamifaithful.com. Ooh, very nice. Lots of ways to get in touch with you. Darrell, how can they get in touch with you, sir? Well, people, you know you can always find me at ukami underscore samurai7 at twitter.com. And, of course, I do have an Ask FM. That's ask.fm backslash ukami75 if you want to ask me questions there. And also, if you want to send me any emails, you can do that. Maddox at tunamifaithful.com. Okay. And as for me, you can find me on both twitch.tv and on Twitter at 0alocard27. Twitch.tv is where I do my occasional game streams. I got to get back on that. Um, last co- first couple weeks of the year have been a bit of a wash for me because of illness and uh, other stuff. Getting ready for inventory at work kind of sucks like that. But it is but once a year, and we're getting it out of the way real early. So that makes me happy. Um, you can also find me on the PlayStation Network at Baystar underscore Boy. Uh, that should do. That does it for me. So you can email us at podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. You can follow us on facebook.com slash tsunamifaithfulpodcast, and that means like because, I don't know, I'm just so ingrained in the Twitter culture that <laughs> like us on Facebook. Retweet. Follow us. <laughs> How do I retweet something on Facebook? 
<laughs> it's called sharing on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. Fake book, I call it. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. That is our main hub at Tsunami Podcast. Our Tumblr, you can find us at tsunamifaithfulofficial.tumblr.com. And for SoundCloud, you can find us on soundcloud.com slash Podcast. As for other episodes of the podcast, if SoundCloud isn't your thing for some reason, you can find us on podcast.tsunamifaithful.com for all of the episodes of the podcast, including the stuff that Jose was on way back when. Jose, formerly of Tsunami Faithful Podcast, now of CNN and also of Discotech, because yay. Buy the IG. Buy IGPX on DVD when it comes out. And hopefully isn't delayed again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was, that was uh, kind of silly. But also it means the, the commitment to quality on this release that IGPX has. Oh, you... The <laughs> commitment to quality is above and beyond what anybody's expectations should be exactly so y'all need to stop complaining this is the jose standard people the jose standard the jose standard that i tried to live up to in my video work and can never reach because jose has been doing it a hell of a lot longer than me um (laughs) (laughs) also finally we have a patreon at patreon.com slash tsunami faithful podcast now, if it works on a subscription model, for those of you who don't know what Patreon is, I have a feeling we haven't, as much as we've talked about it, we haven't adequately explained it. And so, uh, Patreon works on a subscription model like, say, Netflix or Hulu. And what you do is you pledge a certain amount of money to us per month, and that helps us take care of podcast expenses, like, for example, running the website, bandwidth, and also helping to pay for Momocon. We'd like to get a little bit more money in the bank before uh, Momocon, so uh, just going over the rewards right now, because you know, some of you don't know it. Uh, For a buck a month, you get our undying praise and thank yous. For two bucks a month, we bring you on as a guest for the episode of the live YouTube show, Absolution Sessions. But as a fun fact, you will need to have a Google Plus account, but if you have a account with YouTube, you have a Google Plus account. That won't be a that won't apply for too much longer but well you know i'm sure a lot of people have google plus accounts in their ill-advised attempt to try and be facebook (laughs) (laughs) and we also give you an acknowledgement on tsunami podcast.tunamifaithful.com if you pledge five dollars or more a month we bring you as a guest on as a guest for one episode of the tsunami faithful uh, faithful podcast and then for 10 bucks or more per month we give you a tsunami faithful podcast t-shirt in the size available in the sizes of medium and large but if you need larger or smaller be sure to let us know also you get everything else you get a get to come on as a guest for the tsunami faithful podcast you get to choose the topic and also you get that acknowledgement on podcast.tsunamifaithful.com we're working go ahead oh it's possible you will be getting abused by me and and harassed during the whole podcast Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's perk Oh, yeah, that's a great perk. That's a fun perk. Awesome. So, uh, also, I'm working on uh, some new stuff, uh, new uh, video stuff. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I have done Anime Sins uh, reviews, uh, two of them in the vein of Cinema Sins. And also, because of the new equipment I have, I'm looking to do more honest-to-God reviews of, um, of newer releases from Right Stuff and stuff like that. So, um... 
those aren't Patreon rewards now, but a popular thing to do is that people are releasing that stuff early using Patreon's messaging system to uh, as a perk of getting early review as a perk of being a patreon early reviews and stuff everybody does it classic game room does it botchamania does it so i'm thinking maybe that would be nice to throw in for as mm. a podcast as a reward for supporting us because i feel we need to offer some more stuff but that's just me though i'm kind of a sucker like that i like to give away content <laughs> <laughs> so um, i like to give away content yeah. free <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's just that you'd get these videos early. You know, you wouldn't have to wait. Mm -hmm. However long. Because, you know, if there's one thing the internet hates doing, it's waiting. Yes. Uh, as we all know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but that's going to do it for the Toonami Faithful Podcast this week for the week of January 10th through 17th, 2016. So for everybody here... Thank you for listening every single week. We really do appreciate it. Those aren't just words. Well, actually, they kind of are, but they have emotions behind them. So, yay. And, uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Peace, love, be well, and we're out. Doses! Kisses! Sketch you at your head off my butt. <laughs> Rub higher. Time to go. <laughs> <laughs>